How many are glad that God has called waiting? That God will call you again. Ask Jonah. Jonah wasn't even a talented preacher. He didn't have funny stories. He didn't have good charisma. He didn't even like people, but God used him because when God calls you, he will call back. You know how there are some people when you call them, you have to call them, and so you're secretly hoping you get their voicemail because you really don't want to talk to them anyway? Some of you think God is like that, like he really wants someone else, and he's really glad that he doesn't have to deal with you, but God wants you. God wants you. God chose you. God put the genetics in you, the DNA in you, the, the passion in you. The opportunity is for you. What God has for you, it is for you. That's why you don't have to be jealous, insecure bitter, resentful. That's why you don't have to get back. That's why you don't have to take revenge, because what God has for you is for you. Y'all awake? Somebody shout, here I am. And that was really the answer, because it's not only the culture that confuses us in our calling. It's not only our, our contacts sometimes, but it's the conflict of calling. The, con the conflict of calling is great on an internal and an external level. Now, what Samuel did next, what a beautiful little story, right, to show us that God repeats things. That's one way I know he's speaking. You ever notice this? When God is trying to get your attention, it's kind of like when you're shopping for a certain car and you start seeing them everywhere. When God wants to get a message across to you, he'll put you in the market for it. And you never even looked at anybody else's beats, but now you're like, well, what's that one? How's that one different than that one and this one and the other one? Because I'm in the market for God. When you get in the market for God, you start noticing that he's, he's been speaking all along, just like, just like there was… There was confirmation. I didn't have time to put this word in the sermon. It starts with the letter C, so it could be a bonus point. Confirmation. God will speak something over here, over here, over here, and you'll start noticing it. You'll start noticing little things, and then it'll, you'll hear it in the sermon, and then you'll hear it in a movie, and then you'll hear it in a song, and then you'll, hear it, you'll see it on somebody's the back of their window, and then you'll hear it through your, your husband, and then you'll hear it through, and you just see it. And just hear it, and you'll start seeing it, and you'll start hearing it. And then you have to discern, which is to separate. That's what Eli did. He discerned. The Hebrew word is bean. He discerned. He separated. He made a distinction. He had a discernment to know this is the Lord calling the boy. So he said, when, when it happens again, and this is the word of the Lord for you, when it happens again, when it happens again, if it happens again, just say, speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. And I want to show you something that the Lord just showed me. His greatest revelation happened in rest. Eli didn't say, oh, that may be God. You better run, run out and catch him before he leaves. Well, if God spoke to you, you better chase him down. No. If it was God speaking, he'll come back. All you got to do is be in position for it. That's all you've got to do. You don't have to find it. It'll find you. Trust me, God is not playing hide-and-seek in the tabernacle. God is not running around the tent. Ha, ha, ha. If I hide behind this table of showbread, Samuel will never find me back here. Samuel! 
God's not hiding behind the laver, you know. He's not hiding. And, and even though God is always moving, he's never hiding. That's what the tabernacle was. It was a portable structure, and they set it up in the wilderness because they never knew when God was going to say stop and when God was going to stay go. Why? Because God does not want you to depend on his will. He wants you to depend on him. There's a difference. One is, God, just show me what to do. That way I won't need you. The other one is, God, I want you wherever you lead me, wherever you take me, whatever it means, whatever it costs, and whatever it looks like. But here's the conflict because Samuel goes in and he lays down. The Bible says he didn't know the Lord yet. He knew how to he knew how to bake the bread in the tabernacle. That was his job. He knew how to open the doors so people could come worship. He he knew how to follow Eli around and get me this and get me that. But there's a big difference between the rituals of religion and a relationship with God. And if you're going through the motions like, you know, singing songs, not really thinking about the words, just kind of singing them or just kind of like hearing little forgettable things that I say in my sermon that you know you won't even remember what it was about 15 minutes after I'm done. It's possible that you don't know the Lord yet. I don't I don't mean you're not a Christian, not necessarily. I don't mean you don't believe in God. I don't mean that necessarily. But to know him is to know his voice. And when you know him like that, you can hear things that are hard to hear, but you can know that even when he says things that are hard for you to hear, he says them from a spirit of love, grace, purpose. One of my friends is a real over-texter. I can't keep up with him. And I love him, but my thumbs hurt. And I can't do it, and I don't voice text because it's annoying, because it corrects the wrong words the wrong way, and you can get in trouble that way and say something you didn't mean to say, end up firing somebody you meant to hire, but it changes, it doesn't know because you voice. Anyway, one time he texted me, he said, uh, How come our conversation is all gray? On iPhone, when they text you, it's gray. When you text back, it's blue. When he said that, I wondered if sometimes my relationship with God is all gray. To where he is speaking and he is prompting and he is provoking. But God can speak, speak, speak. Three times he did it. God didn't say anything different the third time, except this. When he said, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And he lay down in his place. I got to hit that real quick. I know we're running out of time, but it says, Samuel went and lay down in his place. That's verse 9. Put it up. Samuel went and lay down in his place, in his place, in his place. You will realize God's purpose when you get in your place. Touch somebody next to you and say, Get in your place. Because if God is dropping off the mail but you're not home, you won't get it. And you'll think he didn't send it and you'll think he didn't speak. But I learned something with my friend. It was it was not just the conflict of the calling, it was the color. It was all gray, but the breakthrough is in the blue. It's not just when God speaks, it's when you get in your place and say, God, 
Here I am, the real me, the honest me, the open me, the ready me, the humble me, the broken down me, the me that is ready to do your will, because I've done my will, and I saw how that worked out, and I'm ready to do your will. That's what Isaiah said. He said, I'm an unclean man with unclean lips, but if you'll take that coal and touch my lips, I'll speak for you, because holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, so here I am. I'll go. Moses stood at a bush. He turned aside took off his shoes and said, God, I'm slow of speech. I'm not eloquent. And you saw the things I did that put me in this predicament. But if it's you calling, here I am. Somebody shout, here I am. Jeremiah said, I'm too young for this, and your people are stubborn, and you know they're not going to listen. But if it's you calling me, here I am. Somebody shout, here I am. And the reason I'm confused about my calling is because I don't just have one. This is what I didn't know in my 20s because I felt like God called me to preach. You ever felt like God called you to do something, put you somewhere? I mean, maybe it wasn't something big, spectacular. Maybe you're not going to do a halftime show at the Super Bowl with it, but God called you to do something. I just saw your Patriots gear, made me think of the Super Bowl. God bless you, man. Congratulations on that. I hope you're happy now. How many is it going to take for you guys to shut up about it? But there's a, there's a blessing in it. There's a blessing in it, even if it's a small thing. And you say, okay, God called me to do this. But then what happens is, look, I was called to preach, right? So I start preaching. I start going around preaching. I'm preaching everywhere. Preaching everywhere they asked me to come preach. I'm preaching at the lock-in. I preached so I preached some, one time so late at the night. It was 3 a.m. and I had this sermon illustration where I would take a mirror and I'd break the mirror and I'd preach Genesis 126 about the image of God. And Holly can tell you, we knew where the mirrors were in every Walmart in the state of South Carolina. Because every time we get to a new little town to preach to 15 kids, I'd go in and get a mirror and then I break it with a hammer and I say, This is what sin does to you. You know, put the condemnation on the young people. Just put it on them hard, breaking mirrors. And one boy went to the emergency room because the glass flew up and hit him in the eye. And I had to call his parents and tell them not to sue me. I'm a man of God and I got a ministry. And if you sue me, God's gonna curse you and make you. But I didn't say that. But but I was running around preaching, right? But then I married Holly and I realized I'm called to be her husband too. Come on, it's it's the conflict of calling. It's, it's complicated. You can make it sound simple. Find your calling. Which one? Because then I was called to be a, a preacher and a husband. And sometimes they needed different techniques. What if I walked home and said, Holly, give him a shout of praise? It's different callings. Touch three people. Because <laughs> I guess it just us. And then, by the time I'm getting these callings, you know, I got how many? You got at least two callings in your life, at least two things that you're responsible for, and they're in conflict sometimes. Here she comes pregnant. Four years into marriage, here she turns up pregnant. Now I'm called to be a parent. Now I'm called to. You ever feel like you're not just putting on different hats, but you actually have like different heads? I read that in that Sitzer book, The Will of God is a Way of Life. He said, I felt like I didn't just have different hats, I had different heads. And this is the conflict of calling. But the answer is always availability, presence, access. When he said, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening, it created access not only for God's word to come to him. 
but for God's work to come through him. And what God said was difficult. He said, I'm transitioning. Not only am I transitioning you from a, an apprentice to a priest, from a priest to a prophet, but I'm transitioning Eli and his sons out of the earth so that my purpose can be fulfilled. I'm, I'm transitioning. Transition it, and you're going to have to go through a difficult transition right now. But by the time we get to 1 Samuel 4, verse 1, the Bible says that Samuel's word came to all Israel. I was curious why it didn't say God's word through Samuel. But by this point in 1 Samuel 4, because Samuel said, Here I am, speak, Lord, we have now gone from the word of the Lord was rare to the word of Samuel came to all Israel because he had gotten to a point where he heard God's voice on the level that when he spoke, what he spoke came directly from the throne of God. God wants to get us to the place where we are not running around all the time talking about what we're going to do one day. Some of you are using the concept of a calling is a crutch to not fully embrace the season of life that you're in, and that is not the will of God for you. And You may be called to be a mom one day, but if you're not a mom right now, can you say, Here I am to this season? And You may be called to own your own business one day, but can I just say that in the meantime, the only thing that God has ever wanted from you was all of you. The only thing that God has ever asked of you is here I am. It's what Jeremiah said. It's what Moses said. It's what Isaiah said. It's what Samuel said. And when he made himself available, the word of God became abundant. Hey, thank you for watching. Make sure you subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single video or live stream. And share this video with a friend. And don't forget, you can join me live every Sunday. Thanks again for watching.